As gamers, one of the best things that can happen to us is when we find someone, be it a friend or a family member who knows nothing about the hobby, and show them a game and see their eyes light up as they've discovered this new yet incredibly familiar feeling of playing games, just in a way they've never done so before. And it's that excitement, that joy of bringing new people into the hobby that I want to talk about in today's Gamecasters Adjacent. Natalie, Jeff, and Ryan are the Gamecasters, and they do a board game show, inboxes, and notes, and games, and top five lists, and sometimes there's fart jokes. In the hobby of board games, you'd think that playing board games would be the only fun to be found there. I love kayaking, and really the act of kayaking is the only thing I find enjoyable about it. I also like to fly stunt kites, but flying the kites is really the only thing I find enjoyable about that hobby. Board gaming, though, is unique for me in that I find so many different things about the hobby that's interesting other than the actual playing of the games. I think it's because there's so much of a social aspect that goes along with it. This hobby, more than many others, isn't something solitary that you do for yourself by yourself. It exists to be shared with other people, and because of that fact, there's a million different openings that exist for enjoyment. Merely talking about them is another aspect I love. So there are a million different things to explore here. Which types of games you enjoy, which games you haven't played but you want to, how to store your games, how to upgrade your games, how to paint the minis in your games, how does winning or losing impact your enjoyment, what type of gamer are you, how do you prefer to socialize while playing games, and a billion others. I want to talk about attracting the hobby to new people, and how this can be a hobby in itself. It's a natural thing in human nature when we're extremely excited about something to want to share that something with everyone that we can. Everyone in their lives has played board games, and before I found the hobby, I would have said I liked board games a lot. Cranium, Balderdash, Scattergories, Outbursts, Trivial Pursuit, these were board games to me. Those are still board games to a vast majority of people, and they're fun, but they're not really a hobby. When I first found this world of hobby board games, there was like a chemical reaction in my body or something else that I just can't really explain, but it was mind-blowing. But telling people I'm into board games usually just has people kind of going, oh, okay, as they no doubt think of games like Cranium and Balderdash and are just like, I mean, that's cool. I don't mind those. And, and that's why the question always comes up of, so you mean like Monopoly? Because that's what they're thinking of. They're only thinking of mass market games like Monopoly. People in the hobby get very offended by this question from nons, which if you don't know by now is what I refer to people not yet in the hobby. They get offended for a couple of reasons, I think. Number one, Monopoly is pretty universally panned by us board gaming purists as utter mass market trash. And how could you dare think I would like that filth, you stupid non? And two, because to us, Monopoly is almost a kid's game, and it feels like our hobby, which we all take pretty seriously, is being infantilized or cheapened by that question. Like, if you told me you were into collecting miniatures and I was like, oh, like dollhouse furniture? It's a completely innocent fact-finding question by the non, but to the person in the hobby, it feels like an insult. Taking it like an insult is the first mistake people make, I think. We want this hobby to be one of inclusion and welcoming, I think. That's likely not true for some assholes out there, but for me, I want our hobby to grow and have as many people feel comfortable playing as possible. If, at the very beginning of your conversation with someone, you want to get into games, you make them feel stupid by saying something like, oh my god, are you serious? Monopoly is the worst game in the history of games? And fuck no. Games like Monopoly? No. Fuck no. What they hear is, that question was stupid and so are you. I'm now locked behind 10 gates that require keys, which your idiotic brain will never find, to open. You've just turned them off right out the gate. Instead, 
when they say, you mean like Monopoly? Say something like, well, sort of, yeah. Gaming has come a long way since Monopoly was created, and there's so many different types of games that do fun things very differently to what a game like Monopoly does that I think you might really find them fun. Would you be open to trying one? So this doesn't invalidate their question, as again, they have zero frame of reference, so don't make them feel as if they should, yet it tells them that there's more out there that they might be interested in. So if we're talking about getting people into the hobby, I think a lot of people fail right there in answering the question of, oh, you mean like Monopoly? Let's say you've navigated that conversation perfectly. And you now have a couple coming over for a game night. They're prepared for probably Cards Against Humanity, but you've prepared to blow their minds. How do you do that? This is where things get a little bit trickier. As people have gaming tastes, they're not even aware of yet. The typical non hasn't played anything like any of these games, so showing them the wrong one could just completely put them off. So I always like to start with something very light and different. Almost like a party game that's nothing like Scattergories or Cranium, right? Maybe I start with a game uh, like Pictures. A game that's somewhat familiar, right? The mechanism of trying to guess what everyone else's pictures are is not a foreign concept to nons. Lots of mass market games kind of do that already, so you're not going to just obliterate them and make them feel stupid, which again seems to be the most likely way of turning someone off. A lot of nons have that fear already if they know you're into this world of hobby games, they feel intimidated and apprehensive. So give them something familiar, but with a twist. Pictures, for me, is a very good choice for this. So I have to guess what everyone else did? Easy. But I have to make my own picture using two shoelaces? What? Oh my god, and you're using colored wooden cubes and you're using rocks? Holy crap! So you still get that OMG feeling that we all love. How great is it to see someone light up when you show them something new and interesting that they would have never thought was a thing? That's like the, oh, that's the greatest feeling in the world. After a game like this, the pressure's likely off as any intimidation they felt uh, is washing away. So maybe now you kick it up a notch and go for something like Azul or Sagrada. Now you have to think, right? But you're not confused by the rule set or what to do. Again, in a way to make you feel stupid. The game doesn't last long, so you're not losing their attention. It's light enough that you can still talk a lot and joke and take breaks to eat and socialize in a way that isn't foreign to them. But these games are nothing like anything they've ever seen before, right? The dice placement and drafting in Sagrada, or the sometimes cutthroat drafting of tiles in Azul, widens that tunnel a bit for them and shows them, whoa, this is nothing like that last game that we played, but I might like this one even more. And so after that happens, I like to let them lead the way. So what do you guys want to do now? And then tell them a few different ways you could go. Something more party atmosphere like pictures or something maybe more thinky like Sagrada. There's also games where we can flick and stack or games where we can work together to fight off giant monsters or games where we can strategize for a couple hours to get the most points. What do you think? I'll take out a few boxes and give them an elevator pitch of each one and let them decide. I found that that's the best way to kind of ease nons into the hobby. Now, not everybody is like this, so your mileage may vary completely. There are some people who just want to play, they know they want to play something heavier, something bigger. And so you might not start the same way. But this is a pretty good rule of thumb that I've found over the 12 or so years I've been in this hobby works pretty well. I've also organized game nights at my work. For years, every month or so, I would send around emails to everyone I thought may be interested. Though I also told them to invite anyone else at the company they thought may be interested as well, inviting them to a company game night that I would host in the common area of our building, letting them know the games I was planning on bringing, and linking the BGG entry for each one with like a one-sentence thing about what the games were about. I also just made the emails jokey, keeping it all light. 
The purpose of this was to have a great time. And so that's how I began the email. Again, taking the pressure off anyone who may feel a bit intimidated, which I think to talk about intimidation, I think that's the one of the number one things a lot of people feel when they come into this hobby, especially again, if they know you're already into board games. I can think back to a number of people that they always preface stuff that and, and they say, well, just so you know, I'm probably going to do horribly. I'm going to do really bad. Oh, this isn't good. You know, and that what that is, is that's their insecurities coming out. Basically trying to get you to understand, hey, you're probably going to win. I'm probably going to lose. I'm not good at this. I'm scared. That's basically what they're saying. I'm kind of scared about this. this is intimidating to me a little bit. So try to take that away from them as much as possible and they will have so much of a better time. As people show up, I would just set up games, explain them, let them go. Being there to handle any rules questions they have while I'm playing another game on my own. I also typically would bring one or two more medium weight games for anyone interested in going a bit further. The amount of excitement and fun that these game nights would bring was just absolutely incredible. Everyone there having as much fun as possible playing games they never would otherwise. Stories from people about how they bought some of the games we play and how they just want to have game nights every week now. That stuff makes it all worth it. But with the most interpersonal relationships in life just like that, I found that approach is everything. You're not gonna turn someone into a gamer who doesn't want to, so if you sense that, don't force it. But if on the other hand, you sense that someone is interested, nurture that as much as possible. Jeff hosts game nights at his school. He has been doing this for a number of years as well. He has like a, it's like a board game club. And every Friday, uh, people will come down to the library at school and Jeff just has a ton of games. And it's almost the same kind of thing as this game that I'm talking about at work. Hey, come on down. There's a lot of, you might have a lot of fun and play a bunch of games. And he's, you know, he gets these kids to play all these games they never would have otherwise. They have so much fun. Uh, he told us they've been playing Night of the Ninja. They play it's, it's been played a hundred times by these kids. They just play it over and over and over and over. And all these kids have told him, you know, or I should say a, grant, a lot of them, hey, I've bought a ton of these games for my family and now we play it all the time and I did this with my friends and now we play it all the time outside of school. And how fucking awesome is that? Doesn't that feel sweet? Getting other people into the hobby by being passionate and excited yourself and then seeing them feed off of that and get excited on their own? You cannot put a price tag on that. That's one of the main reasons I game, to see other people enjoying themselves. Other people enjoy what I love. If you love games and have even a sliver of an opportunity to show someone a game that you love, take it. Because while they may not be as interested or as excited as you are, maybe they will. And the payoff from that is joy like you would not believe. At least that's how I feel. I've gifted and given away so many games over the years, and the entire reason I do that is because I want to feel that feeling, that same feeling of someone getting excited about the thing that I love just as much as I do. And it's that's kind of a selfish feeling, I think. But like how avocados are the good kind of fat, I think giving someone the gift of gaming because it makes you feel good is the good kind of selfish. Gaming is all about joy, inclusion, being social and making friends, having fun, and nothing makes me have more fun than turning people on to the hobby I'm most passionate about. So let me know in the Discord channel, what methods do you use to get people into gaming? And if you have any personal stories about how someone lit up and became a gamer because of you, I would love to read about that. Tell me how it made you feel. Reading about someone else's joy also brings me joy. It's kind of a kink I have. So that's going to do it for this installment of the Gamecasters Adjacent. Listen in next time as I talk all about the art form of teaching games. Until then, I'm Ryan, and y'all see you later.